What up, world? Welcome on all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ocho. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Monday, September 14th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and yes, we have a lot to talk about. This is our official first post-game episode of the year, the Dallas Cowboys falling in their season opener on the road against the Los Angeles Rams, 20-17. to The final score, football's back. The Dallas Cowboys are back, and they are now 0-1 to start the season. Where do we begin? Um... I don't want to say we were promised something different, um, but I, I, I certainly think we all believed that we were going to get something different, and I think that we all bought the hype, and and I think that's, you know, we're not wrong for that, right? The, the hype has been high regarding the Cowboys, and the hype has been justified to a large reason. I mean, we've been talking Team 40, Burger. We've been talking about this defense going to be more aggressive. We've been talking about, you know, Mike McCarthy and the McCarthy Project. He went to pro football focus. He's, you know, analytics and all these things, and there are all these reasons, legitimate reasons to be excited about the Cowboys uh, in 2020, and most of them were really absent on Sunday, and it's hard to figure out why. This was a team that looked very flat, to be honest, and I think it's fair. I know it's you know probably tired at this point, but I think it's fair to say that there has been no preseason. This was really the first time. I know they had scrimmages, and they've obviously practiced and things like that, but this was the first time that all of these people, in terms of these Cowboys with this coaching staff, this was the first time that they did this. And I, I just, I think it's fair to say that once. Um, that's not an excuse. It certainly doesn't justify the way they performed on Sunday night. Uh, but it, it is a, a data point at the very least. Um, I, I really can't get over how flat they looked. This, you know, it, it looked like, <laughs> it looked like a preseason game in many ways. I, I don't know, you know, it's hard to measure want, right? Or, you know, this, he looked super into it and, and I'm not in the business of that. Um, but defensively, I did not see really anybody except for maybe two people or maybe three people. And we'll get to them that really showed up and, and played like something serious was on the line. And I think that that's what a lot of people are feeling right now is right. This is the same old count, same year, different, you know, coaching staff, same result, not same year, but same old thing, even though, you know, stuff is different. It's the same old thing. And it's fair to feel that way because that's the product that the Cowboys put out on the field at SoFi stadium. We talked a lot of crap. I mean, <laughs> we really bought the hype. You know, I had a tweet a few weeks ago, uh, I think I was doing hard knocks or, or when the Rams held their scrimmage at, at SoFi Stadium. I tweeted something like, the Dallas Cowboys are going to get the first win in the history of this building. Because I really thought they would. I mean, I, I really did. I thought this offense was going to be on fire. I, I maintained that Dak Prescott's one of the best quarterbacks on the NFL. Um, I thought the defense was going to be more aggressive. And we've talked about that, right? We've talked about that with less talent, especially in the secondary, you have to be aggressive to make up for that. And we didn't really see that exact disposition you know play out against the Rams which is is kind of hard to you know wrap your brain around because we were told that this coaching staff looked at things differently and in fact this coaching staff kind of played right into the Rams at least defensively because what did the Rams do offensively and and I don't want to take anything away from them the Rams won fair and square I thought that they played great I thought they did some smart things and I think I might need to eat some crow on the Rams I, I don't know that I buried them 
Um, but I definitely, you know, threw some dirt on the Rams. And, and I've, I've certainly not thrown any dirt on Sean McVay, but I've definitely been somebody who thought that Jared Goff was a little overrated. And not that I'm walking that back entirely, but Jared Goff played well on Sunday night, I thought. Um, and certainly, you know, had, had some bright moments. But, you know, the, the point is that the Rams did what they needed to do to win offensively because the Cowboys gave it to them. They just screened the Cowboys to death. It, it's, it's amazing that the Cowboys just kind of let that happen and almost walked into it because they could not defend even just these dink and dunk screen passes. I saw a tweet, and apologies to whoever tweeted it, but uh, I think that it might have been our friend Benjamin Solak from Bleeding Green Nation. Um, it, it was something like, the Cowboys are going to have to make Jared Goff play quarterback if they want to win because the perception is that Jared Goff is not good at things like that. The perception is that Jared Goff, quarterbacks like him, Jimmy Garoppolo, after their first read cannot really do much. But Jared Goff's first read was these little screens that the Cowboys just either gave him or couldn't keep up with because defensively they were flat. And a lot of that had to do with injuries. Leighton Vandrish left the game early on with an injury and that obviously dramatically changed what the Cowboys were able to do defensively and We'll get to Jalen Smith in a second, but we found out after the game that Jalen, excuse me, that Leighton Vanderish has a broken collarbone, broken clavicle. I'm recording this at about 11:30 p.m. Central Time on Sunday night to give you full context. And at the time of this recording, it is not fully known the duration of time that Leighton Vanderish will miss. NFL Network CNN Rappaport did note that he will be placed on injured reserve, so you know that he will at least miss three weeks. I would imagine it is longer than that. Um, and so the Cowboys suddenly need a linebacker. Thanks they have Francis Bernard but um, I mean you know no disrespect intended to Francis Bernard but is that really going to fix their their linebacking woes I mean I remember back in July Pro Football Focus had an article where they graded all the linebacking cores in the NFL and they graded the Cowboys the second best in the NFL and I know I thought this and a lot of our readers at Blog on the Boys and a lot of you thought this we all thought what <laughs> are you serious and there's been a lot of hype specifically for the Cowboys linebackers over the last couple of years and they obviously had a great second half of 2018 Layton's rookie year etc blah 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 but I mean what have they really what what have the Cowboys linebackers done since 2019 which is you know only 17 games but I mean they have not been very good Layton Vanders has been injury prone in that entire stretch and Jalen Smith man Jalen Smith was not good um on Sunday night. He, he was, I thought, one of the worst players on the Dallas Cowboys, at least put out one of the worst efforts of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I finally got a chance over the weekend to read the long form that Mike Pialucci put out in The Athletic about Jalen, and, and it was really well done and, and really well written, really well told, uh, but it talked about how Jalen is focusing in 2020 on kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say battling the perception, but the the article again go read it subscribe to the athletic read it it's really good um the article you know confirmed at least that Jalen Smith is aware or was aware last year of the perception that he's too focused on his brand and things like that and you know there was no swiping in Los Angeles and things like that but Man, Jalen was not good. He looked like one of the slower players on the Cowboys, just overplaying. A friend of the show, Charles Robinson from Yahoo, put out a thread and just kind of, you know, he wasn't like calling out Jalen, but he was showing Jalen Smith was not great against the Rams. And now without Leighton Vanderish, I don't know what you do at linebacker for the Cowboys. I really don't. I mean, even if you're hoping that Sean Lee gives you something, these next two weeks, you don't have him because he's on injured reserve. So you've got to play at the very least the Falcons and the Seahawks with no Sean Lee, no Leighton Vanderish. And so that's that's just one 
of many problems, unfortunately, that the Cowboys are, are currently facing. Um, they have some injury concerns almost everywhere. I mean, it, it really is amazing um, when, when you think about it. Um, like I said, they do have Francis Bernard, an undrafted free agent, and the Cowboys did start an undrafted free agent at right tackle this game. Uh, you know, if, if you're on Twitter, if you follow along on Twitter throughout game days and things like that, there was some discussion that um, the line for this game had moved, and a lot of people were wondering why. It was very funny, funny business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We found out shortly before kickoff the Cowboys were going to be starting Terrence Steele, their undrafted free agent offensive tackle out of Texas Tech at right tackle. And uh, I don't know that that was why the line moved. Moved. If, if the line really did move it, again it was kind of a fishy situation but um i mean that's bold right that's that's bold to um to start a to start a rookie in general a tackle is bored uh bored uh is bold uh let alone an undrafted free agent rookie offensive tackle um especially and yeah, it's not you know one-on-one or anything but i mean especially against the defensive line that features aaron donald this cowboys offensive line had a rough go i mean and, and you're gonna have a rough go against aaron donald and that's just the way it goes but um i you know Overall, I thought offensively, I know I'm kind of going back and forth here, but offensively, I thought the Cowboys were okay. Um, Again, it was not Team 40 Burger, but uh, I thought Dak Prescott looked really good. I, I thought that Dak Prescott looked like very capable, looked in control. Uh, had some great moments individually, but my MVP of the game, if I have to pick, you know, one, which I guess we're going to do, uh, my MVP is Zeke. I, I thought Ezekiel Elliott looked incredible. Th- this was the best version of Zeke that we have seen in a long time, which is not a slight at all to Zeke. I mean, it- it's a testament, in fact, to how, you know, what might be lesser for him is just still significantly better than anybody else. But Zeke looks to be in incredible shape right now and in many ways kind of carried uh, the Cowboys offense. Um, in some instances, uh, finished the night with 96 yards and a touchdown, Dak Prescott uh, threw Zeke a different touchdown. And so if you have either one in fantasy, you know, you'll likely benefit from that. But support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I thought Amari Cooper seemed off. Uh, it was it was a, a strange you know, and that's kind of been the situation with Amari, right? Uh, a strange sort of situation. I thought Michael Gallup, um, I mean, I guess we, we can have the talk right now. Um, there was, of course, the OPI call at the end. I got a little bit dragged for this on Twitter. I don't hate that call. I, if I'm being honest, I, I, think, I think the call is 
fair. I, I really do. I've, I've seen that play called that way. I'm not a referee, uh, but I, I have seen that play called offensive pass interference. And Michael Gallup is, you know, I was texting with somebody and they were saying, he, you know, there's no contact. And Michael Gallup's definitely making contact. And so at the very least, you can see how the call would be made. Whether or not you think it's OPI or not, it's a different story. But Jalen Ramsey obviously did a great job of selling it. Um, so I, I, can, I can see that call. But ultimately the game is not won or lost on that call in fact the Cowboys were lucky to be in the game at that point and that's why it kind of reminded me of, of the New Orleans Saints game from last year because I mean the the Cowboys had no business being in that game they should have lost by way more you consider the fact that the Rams had a missed field goal that they had some weird you know things go their way there was the penalty that should have been on Alden Smith on the sack on Jared Goff again that should have been a penalty um, but I mean you know the, the game was not lost there is my point. Um, while we're on the subject, while we're going back and forth and everything, I thought Alden Smith played really great. I do um, – this is, you know, this is the regular season. I do five winners and five losers after every Cowboys game over at blogontheboys.com. Alden Smith will, of course, be one of my winners. Looked great, obviously, great story, uh, et cetera. But just I thought played really, really well. Um, you know, that would be penalty aside. I thought Alden Smith just had, had a great game for the Cowboys, and I think there's a lot to be excited about there. Um, so Alden Smith, I, I thought that there were three players – on the Cowboys defense, who played really well. I thought Alden Smith played really well. I thought Trayvon Diggs played really well. E- even though he got beat, I thought that, you know, he just he just got beat. I mean, sometimes you, you just cannot do, an, you know, more. And I thought that Trayvon Diggs played a great game. And I thought Tristan Hill played really well. You know, there was the, the Trayvon Diggs stop, uh, the third down stop near the end of the game. That doesn't happen without Tristan Hill. And so I thought that Alden Smith, Tristan Hill, Trayvon Diggs were sort of my my biggest winners on the defensive side of the ball. I know Chita Wuze got the interception, um, and, and that was cool. But, I mean, that was just one moment. It was cool, you know, not that it was a defensive moment, but it was cool to see Antoine Woods used uh, as the Cowboys fullback to, to get Zeke Elliott into the end zone. But, um, but that that was kind of the story on defense, right? I mean, it was just there were some nice moments, and some guys played hard. Uh, but uh, ultimately, it was it was just flat, and and they just it wasn't even flat like they got beat like fifty to nothing. It was flat like they just let the Rams not even walk all over them, but just they let the Rams lackadaisically chill all over them, which was really hard to understand. Um, but so that that. Again, there are a lot of problems on defense. On offense, like I said, I thought Zeke played great. I thought Dak was was really good. I thought that Amari was kind of a question mark. I thought CeeDee Lamb had a nice NFL debut. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, wasn't a gigantic day by any means, obviously. But I thought CeeDee Lamb had a really, really, really solid debut. However, made a grave mistake. And this was, you know... This is our post-game show, so I think every time we do one of these, I'm, I'm introducing a brand new hashtag segment, and the hashtag there is extremely not serious. Uh, but where where was the game lost? Where the game was lost to me, um, or won? Where the game was lost? Where the game was won? But unfortunately, we're talking about a loss here, and the loss to me happened. And I think you'll agree with 12 minutes and 30 seconds left, third and six, Cowboys in scoring position, down by three. I have no problem with on the next play going for it on fourth down. I have zero problem. There are people, and maybe you're one of them, maybe your friend or your family member or somebody's one of them, that are saying that on fourth down, the Cowboys should have kicked a field goal, should have tied the game, etc. I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying I don't buy that, but I am fine with the decision to go for it on fourth down. And I'm fine with on third and six, you determining and saying, okay. 
It's third and six. I know I'm going for this on fourth down, so I've got two plays. I don't have to get all six yards here on third down because I know I'm going for it on fourth down. I'm fine with all that. However, you cannot run the ball on third and six that close to the goal line in that situation, down three, when you're trying to score a touchdown, especially when you know you're going to go front on fourth down, you cannot just run the ball. You can't. That That's that's the part of that sequence that I have a problem with because that is so contradictory to the ideas that we have sort of taken away from who Mike McCarthy is. We've taken and we've talked about him being this efficient, analytically driven person and coach in the NFL, and that was an archaic way of thinking. Archaic might be a bit too strong, but that was definitely an older school way of thinking. And whether Mike McCarthy made that decision or not, obviously he's the head coach, so he gets the credit, he gets the blame, whatever. That was, the, that was the decision that lost the game for the Dallas Cowboys. And then, to get back to what kind of started this thought, C.D. Lamb on fourth down, you can't run short of the sticks. You can't. I mean, it's, it's fourth down. you got to get past the sticks. That's kind of NFL 101. That's, you know, I don't, I don't even want to call that a rookie mistake. That's just, that's just something that happened. I mean, and so, um, you know, that was, um, that was a bummer. That was where the game was lost. I mentioned injuries. Goodness gracious. I mean, the Cowboys just got beat up in this game. Leighton Vanderish already talked about him as a broken collarbone. We have no idea how much time he'll miss, but again, NFL Network's in Rappaport did say that he should be back this season. Who knows what exactly that means. Again, it's now 11.45-ish p.m. Central Time on Sunday night, so we will probably find out on Monday, uh, maybe Monday afternoon. We'll, of course, like I said, keep you updated at blogontheboys.com and on all of our social properties. Um, Blake Jarwin, ugh, this was a huge bummer huge 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 bummer just at the end of the first half Blake Jarwin goes down with the dreaded non-contact injury everybody's holding their breath it came out it was reported by the Dallas Morning News's Michael Gelkin in the third quarter that it is feared by the Cowboys that Blake Jarwin suffered a torn ACL uh, man, just huge, huge, huge bummer. Uh, again, that is not confirmed at the time of this recording. Uh, but man, if if that is the case, that would you know, and and the Cowboys now not only do they need a linebacker, they need a tight end because no disrespect to Dalton Schultz, uh, but I mean, I don't think that's the answer. Uh, for what it's worth, Jason Witten was targeted one time in his Las Vegas Raiders debut. He caught it two yards in case you uh, were missing that. But what a huge bummer for um, for for Blake Jarwin. Cam Irving's also, you know, somebody who the Cowboys are monitoring. This was just, I mean, they lost a lot of people uh, and, and a lot of important people. And so, you know, the NFL is is, is a season-long thing that is tough and, and is never easy. But um, that is, man. But, um, you know, injuries aside, the Cowboys played poorly. I thought the safety play was just awful from the Cowboys. I mean, defensively, there were very, very few highlights, very few things to get pumped about. And a lot of people are going to suggest Earl Thomas and say that and suggest it and, and you know, tweet about it and whatever. I have no idea. I really ha- I have no clue if that's what the Cowboys are going to want to do uh, in the aftermath of all this. But, you know, they need help. The Cowboys need help at safety. They now need help at tight end. They need help at linebacker. They need help at tackle. I mean, this is um and beyond all of that, they need they seemingly need help in how they want to approach this thing because it was not good on uh, on Sunday night. It was not good. They are now 0-1. The Philadelphia Eagles are 0-1 thanks to uh, the first game ever in the history of Washington football team. Washington 1-0. Cowboys and Eagles 0-1. The New York Giants will host the Pittsburgh Steelers 
on Monday night, Monday Night Football, so we'll see how they fare. I did want to get this last thing in. Warren Sharp does a great job, obviously, incredible mind when it comes to covering the NFL. On the subject of this offense, because I've, I've really gone after the defense here, I realize this, but the offense, you know, what are we doing running on first down? What? And I know we're jumping all over the place here, you know, whatever. But this this is just – this is the thing that is maybe the most frustrating thing because this is the thing that we really thought would be different. I think that we all thought that while we had hope for the Cowboys being more aggressive on defense, we still knew what they were working with. But we actually – I believe that I speak for us all. We actually believed that the Cowboys were going to kind of change the way they operated offensively. They weren't going to operate old school anymore. They were this new school, aggressive, you know, really just trying to put points up on you type of squad. And this tweet from Warren Sharp on, on Twitter at Sharp Football, the Cowboys on first downs against the Rams, 17 runs, 12 passes. All right. That's 29 total first downs that the Cowboys had. And on 17 of them, they ran the ball. Quit running on first down. Quit. I mean, what? What? The runs, according to Warren Sharp, averaged 4.8 yards per carry, which is actually pretty awesome. I mean, like, you know, not awesome, but it's actually not bad. But that aside, the passes averaged 11.1 yards per attempt, and Dak Prescott completed 11 of the 12 attempts. Let him throw. Let him. Throw. And there's the whole let Russ cook thing. I don't think we want to get into the habit of that, but I just don't waste these performances. Don't waste these performances. They're not going to come by all the time. Dak and Zeke can't save you. This this was a very – and again, I, not that this – you know, I, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this like it's just permanent and everything's bad forever. This was a very discouraging game for Dallas Cowboys fans because – it did not it did not show that Mike McCarthy is really any different. It, it really didn't. And I think a lot of Green Bay Packers fans are saying, yep, that's the guy. It doesn't help that Aaron Rodgers went off on Sunday, and it won't help if Jason Garrett's offense does well on Monday night. This is going to be a long week for the Dallas Cowboys. But Cowboys football is back, and that's a good thing. Um, but, man, this is tough. This, this, uh, this, is re- <laughs> this is real tough. Dallas Cowboys are 0 and 1. Um, and we'll see what happens next, of course. And again, as soon as uh, word becomes official on injuries and whatnot, we will have you covered at blogintheboys.com and on our social channels. There will be a new episode of Girls Talking Boys coming your way later on today as Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray give you their thoughts on the Cowboys dropping their season opener. Our whole podcast schedule will be as normal this week. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of different po- people, a lot of different perspectives. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a week that that much I know for sure. Um, look, it's Falcons week. All right, <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, if you want to hear me more of me, uh, it is Monday now, and there will be a new episode of Monday Football Monday from the SB Nation NFL Show. So you can subscribe to that. Uh, make sure to give a rating, write a review. Make sure you subscribe here to the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Give a rating, write a review. Those things help us uh, all over the place. But uh, later on today. Pete Sweeney, Michael Kiss, and I will talk about the biggest things that happened on Sunday across the National Football League. Of course, we'll talk more Cowboys. We'll get their perspectives on it. The Cowboys are 0-1. They will not go undefeated. They will have to settle for 15-1. So uh, it is what it is. Look, at the end of the day, I know this was really frustrating, and maybe you don't want to hear this, but this is how I feel. Um, 
football's back. The Dallas Cowboys are back. This was really frustrating, but it was really fun. I mean, it, it really was fun, and it was really fun to sit here uh, and to kind of have our post-game show and, and to kind of put things together and, and figure out, you know, what's wrong, what can be better, et cetera. That, that is fun, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's why we all do this. That's, that's the fun that we're looking to have, um, and I'm really grateful that, um, that you choose to make us a part of your Dallas Cowboys experience, and I, I hope that we improve it, um, and, and if there's any way that you, you know, feel like we can, you, you can certainly hit me up. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at RJ Ochoa. You can also shoot me an email, rj.ochoa at SBNation.com, if that is more your thing. Um, I say this all the time. My favorite thing about blogging the boys is the community that we have, the community of Dallas Cowboys fans and how everybody comes together in the name of rooting on their favorite team. And that did not go so well this week. But the um, – get emotional. Get emotional. No. Um, the, the cool thing is we'll have an opportunity again to do it next week. So uh, week one – is in the books as far as the Dallas Cowboys are concerned, and we'll see what week two has to offer. Uh, we'll see what Monday Night Football has to offer. I hope your fantasy teams and everything went well as well. Um, but yeah, this this was a bitter pill to swallow, and hopefully it gets easier next week. Hopefully the wins start piling up. Hopefully the 40 burgers start coming, and hopefully, um, hopefully the good times are on their way. Um, hey, do me a favor, all right? Just, I mean, like I'm talking, just do me a huge favor. Like, do me, do me, do me this solid. Do me a favor, okay? Have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.